Good morning, this is Amelia Fish on River Radio. I am a registered associate nutritionist and today we are going to be chatting all about nutrition and shaking off common myths and misconceptions around food. On today's show, I am joined by John, who is co-founder and CEO. COO at Vista, an app designed to redefine corporate well-being. Today we are going to be talking all about his journey in this area, including his background in sports and understanding of wellness in the corporate world, as well as nutrition, sports and media. If you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our Instagram at River Radio Live or email me directly at Amelia at River Radio. Um, so I am delighted to be joined in the studio today um, by John. Hi, John. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Great. Um, and how's your morning been so far? Good, good. So yeah, the normal commute into London was uh, it's, it's getting busier all the time with people returning to work. So it's it was, it was fine. That's definitely something I've noticed recently as well. I've had, I've had an absolute nightmare getting here. All the trains got cancelled for me. Oh no, it was it was uh, London transport still still doing its <laughs> job. So that's good. Good news. I'm so excited to be chatting with you all about wellness really today across lots of different areas and what you're currently up to. Yes, yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting to uh, to tell you a bit about what I've been doing and what I've done in the past and my kind of interesting relationship with food and nutrition, I suppose. Definitely. But before we get into that, I'm going to start our show as we start every show, which is with a bit of a fact or myth. So I've got a few statements, um, which I'm going to go through for you, John, and for our listeners. And we're going to kind of cover all of these topics throughout today's show and then come right back to them at the end. And we're going to discuss them then. How does that sound? Fine. Great. So our first statement is that wellness considers aspects of mental, physical and social well-being. Our second one is how we can help promote employee well-being through personal and professional development. The third one is that there are many different elements we can consider um, to advocate for when supporting people's well-being. And the final one is that media and or social media can only ever can only ever have a negative effect on our mental health and well-being. So are you ready to get into today's show, John? Yeah, let's get started. Great. So we're going to start off by chatting a bit about your journey. Um, and I know it's been really interesting that like we've caught up about this before throughout sports and wellness. But would you first by telling us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I was a full time triathlete from school and was fortunate enough to, to be one of the early like lottery funded athletes. Got to see a bit of the world, represent my country. And, and kind of, I suppose, found the love of, of sport and exercise through that. I'd always been sporty, but, mm. but sort of triathlon and, and the, the competitive side and the lottery funding element kind of took it to another level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to see what that's paved the way for now with the Brownleys and Great Britain being one of the most recognised triathlon nations in the world, which is amazing. It is. Uh, I then moved to pro cycling. Uh, I spent a couple of years in Italy racing and, and training out there with a, with a team, which again was an amazing experience. So uh, 
that was kind of my, my sporting life. And then kind of following retirement from sport, mm-hmm. it was, uh, I suppose, a bit of a whistle stop. I, I People tend to class me as an entrepreneur, whatever yeah. that actually means. <laughs> uh, but I've had businesses in retail, in manufacturing, in coaching. Uh, the most enjoyable part of that whole journey, which was a kind of a 20-year journey across different businesses, was a coaching business that I started in 2008. Mm-hmm. And at its peak was seeing tens of thousands of people a year. Wow. And it was, I just found it the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Mm. And uh, it's ultimately led to where I am now with uh, co-founding a new business as a result of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, with my co-founder, Simon. And uh, looking at how we can improve the health and wellness of people on a much larger scale mm. using kind of a hybrid business model, but ultimately through tech. Wow. It sounds like every part of your journey is kind of fed into what you're doing now. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, it's kind of the, the corporate world meets the sports world yeah. meets the, the training world. So, yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's been an interesting journey and mm. hopefully we'll get more interesting going forward from here. And as someone who's personally very interested in sports, but very much from a personal level, like um, I really enjoy going out and moving my body. I'm actually currently training for a half marathon. It will be my first ever one. So I'm quite excited for it, a bit nervous. Um, but how is it um, being a professional athlete? What's the difference, do you think? Uh, I think the biggest thing, sort of looking back now, mm-hmm. is... I suppose the infrastructure that you have around you as a professional athlete, so the access to other professionals, whether it be nutritionists, whether it be masseuses, whether it be psychologists, mm-hmm. you have access to those people, which as a kind of an amateur athlete, you, you don't always have. And if you do have, you've got to go out and find them yourself and pay for them. And they might not be sports specific or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the, the other thing I suppose is, is uh, really the recovery time that you get. Yeah. So right now, I mean, I still I still train twice a day, most mm-hmm. days, but I have to fit that around work. I have to fit that around family. I have to fit yeah. that around kind of anything else that goes on socially. Whereas an athlete, it's that kind of narrow-minded, single focus that you have mm-hmm. where your training comes first. That is your job. Recovery is part of that job as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's... Depending on the sport you're in, it can be quite lonely. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you have to appreciate that you're in a position that very few people get to be in, mm-hmm. which, which is doing something you absolutely love doing. Amazing. Uh, and, and calling it a job. Um, and I think you mentioned something really important there. It's like fitting everything into your life and finding that balance. And it's something that's really difficult to find. What do you think? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's the, the biggest challenge. It's... it's uh, we all have busy lives mm-hmm. and trying to juggle all of those things is nigh on impossible. Yeah. And and I'll hold my hands up pre-pandemic. Uh, I had some sort of bad luck as a result of the pandemic with some businesses. But having that pandemic reset almost yeah. uh, gave me the opportunity to really look at what I was doing right and what I was doing wrong. And my work-life balance was, was really, really wrong. Yeah. And... Uh, as a result of some other things, I, I now have weekly counselling sessions mm. and looking at managing myself and work-life mm. balance and, and finding time for me as well as everything else is, mm. is 
it's getting there. I'm, I'm better than I was, but I'm still a long way from perfection. Well, we're all in a, a work in progress, aren't we? Um, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned the effect of the pandemic on our well-being because I can speak personally. It's definitely affected me and I'm sure it has affected so many other people. I think for me, always, always working at home, I actually lost all of my balance of, you know, I still need to relax because I was working in my relaxing environment and it took me a very long time to actually separate those two areas um and I think people are still going through this you know we have been living with COVID for now two years but we're still learning how to adjust to life and as life goes almost back to how it was before with traveling into work again we're having to adapt and it's quite a hard thing to do yeah 100 percent. and we, we talked to lots of uh with the, the Vista business now that you mentioned yeah. earlier, we're talking to lots of corporate clients all the time about what their return to work policies look yeah. like and whether they're moving to a three day on, two day off, or whether it's a new four day week, which some countries have adopted kind of exclusively. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and yeah, there's, there's still a, a large, a large portion of people that are in this kind of limbo period where mm. they might have moved out of London, for example, uh, because they all of a sudden didn't need to be in an office, but now is their company calling them back? Do they have to be there? Do they need to be there? How many days a week? What does that look like? Uh, And all of the knock-on effects and ripple effects that those decisions have and have had. Uh, So it's putting it back into place, and I suppose that's where the Vista business sort of came in. It's like, how do you you provide health and well-being for your employees Mm -hmm. as a company when you've got remote workforces now and you've had this period of sort of two plus years where mental health has become the most important thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, returning to work scares the, the living whatnots out of them. And, mm. and so it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting place. And I think that was, that was largely why Simon and I sort of came up with this vision of, mm-hmm. of how we can help people on a large scale at, at a time where it, it's needed more than ever. Absolutely. And as you say, returning to work has been such a big thing for so many people because, you know, many of us might might have been a bit nervous going into the office on the first day of a new job, you know, new new colleagues. Um, You're a bit worried about the workload. You're worried about getting lost. You know, you don't know this place. Plus, you might not have been to work in person in two years. It, it's really adding up and I think it's a really important area to address with people and their well-being um, and I also want to bring in earlier when you were talking about your sports career you were saying the importance of recovery and taking a rest and I think that applies across sports but also across our general well-being making sure that we have time to recover and to rest. Yeah yeah 100% I was uh like the we we, we realized very quickly that one of the most important things sort of in relation to a person's well-being is the amount of sleep they get. Mm-hmm. I mean, as simple as that when you talk about rest. It's like, it, it's easy nowadays, whether it be you're looking at your phone or you're watching one of the many streaming services that you have, that are now available to us to get stuck in front of a screen until 11, 12, midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. You've still got to get up at 6 o'clock to get to work in the morning. And, Absolutely. And you're, you're getting, I mean, I used to work on three or four hours a, a night sleep max wow that's not much that's not that's not enough sleep john no it's not sustainable either and and i've realized that now it's it's uh uh i i I will try and get as much sleep as i physically can and give myself that time to recover because it's 
you can't sustain it and as I get older I'm realizing that's more and more the case I think something that was reassuring for me to learn this was actually in psychology a level so one of my modules was about sleep and you know when you're lying there and you can't get to sleep and then you start panicking you're thinking oh my gosh what am I going to do you're counting down the hours like it's only five hours till I get up now something that I learned which actually really relaxed me and helped me get to sleep was how restful wake uh, restful wakefulness so when you're awake but you're resting so you're laying down you're not doing anything else is actually quite a similar amount of recovery to that light sleep that we have so obviously there's different stages of sleep and it has quite a similar recovery so it kind of relaxed me to think do you know at least I'm giving my body time to relax and to recover even if I'm not fully asleep just yet yeah I had this amazing coach when I was training as a triathlete he was an ex-New Zealand all-black rugby player, mm-hmm. but he was a, a Buddhist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he got me started me reading books about the Dalai Lama and, and kind of Buddhism in general. Mm-hmm. And I went on this kind of journey with him over a couple of years in, wow. in exploring meditation. Mm. And it was it was a very basic form of meditation because I've 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 uh, got a very short attention span, so so things like mm-hmm. that were were quite difficult and didn't come naturally to me but just being alone in the moment with your breath and focusing on your breath like the most basic form of meditation yeah. was so powerful and and I think that's where the there's a couple of big kind of meditation mm-hmm. breathing apps out there available at the moment that have done enormously well as a result of the pandemic because mm-hmm. it is just sort of giving you that time it might be one minute it might be three minutes it might be five minutes but it's just alone with your own breath which Mm. like you said is potentially doing you the same benefit that a light sleep would do Mm -hmm. Uh, and you can do it throughout the day and it just just breaks the day up and gives you that little bit back exactly just taking those five minutes isn't it um and I think it's very interesting that you bring in the breathing work because that's something that activates like our parasympathetic nervous system which is our rest and digest that also impacts like our gut health you know when you're stressed and like your gut's kind of like all squeezed up um actually just taking some time to relax it actually does also affect our digestion too yeah Yeah, so John, I'm going to play a song in a moment, but before we get into that, I would like to bring our listeners into what we're going to be chatting about later, which is going to be more about wellness. So to you, John, what does wellness mean? Uh, Wellness is, is, it's the striking the balance of, and I'm I'm going to kind of badge Vista because that's my day job and that's what we're kind of focused on, but it's finding kind of the, the perfect balance, and you might never find it, but it's, it's striving to find it. Mm-hmm. The perfect balance between mental, physical, emotional, social well-being. Mm-hmm. So it, it's combining all of those. It's the work-life balance. It's having enough exercise, but not too much. It's it's eating properly, but not letting that take over. It's it's finding that balance between everything. And we live in a world of, of instant gratification, don't we, and mm. quick fixes and... and uh, social media and everything else and you're bombarded with with information all the time and and sort of sifting through that and finding your own balance that works for you Mm -hmm. and the people around you is is what I would consider wellness I love Uh, that and I'm so excited to get chatting more with you about that in just a moment's time but for here now on River Radio we're gonna play The Hardest Part by Olivia Dean
Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Call me up to meet you. Static on the phone. Normally I need you this time. I don't want to go. Lately I've been growing into someone you don't know You had the chance to love her, but apparently you don't No, you don't So even if I could, would it go back where we started? listening to Amelia Fish, a registered associate nutritionist on The Reset um, on River Radio. You can find us across all social media platforms, including River Radio Live and on the website at river.radio. Today, I am joined by John, who is co-founder and COO at Vista, an app designed to redefine corporate well-being. So far, we've spoken about John's inspirations and his journey in wellness. And now we're going to talk about his current venture, Vista, an app designed to support employees' well-being. Do stay tuned as later on in the show, we'll be chatting more about well-being, specifically with a focus in nutrition, sports and the media.
If you have missed the show so far and want to catch up, do not worry as this episode will be released shortly after the live show as a podcast and can be found on all your main podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify and Google. And don't forget, if you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our Instagram at River Radio Live or email me directly at amelia at river.radio. So John... So far, we've been chatting all about wellness and you gave us a great summary before that last song about what wellness means to you. Um, So can you give us um, a little bit of an insight of how that has led you into what you're currently up to at Vista? Uh, Well, pre-pandemic, and I talk a lot about pre and post-pandemic because it was quite a a big thing for me uh, in terms of what I lost as a result of the pandemic and then mm-hmm. the, the amazing stuff that's come out of it. So I, I don't look at it as necessarily a bad thing in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But uh, pre-pandemic, one of my businesses was a coaching business that had kind of moved into the delivering health and wellness in the corporate space through sport. Yeah. And it was everything from delivering a, a, a small seminar in a company for 10 people all the way up to sort of thousands of people at a time mm-hmm. and through kind of sports events. And it was so rewarding. It was, it was for me more rewarding than coaching athletes and sports mm-hmm. people because we were taking people that in some cases done no exercise at all. Uh, and their company was incentivizing them to, to do something. Mm-hmm. And we were, we were teaching them how to swim. We were teaching them how to ride a bike. It was it was just hugely rewarding and as rewarding as it was, it was very difficult to, to kind of really make a difference because there's so many people that go to work mm-hmm. and there's only one of me. Yeah. So when the, the pandemic hit and the world changed for everyone, yeah. uh, I met Simon, who is an executive coach. And originally it was kind of to talk about what my next steps would be, but mm-hmm. we, we clicked and her vision aligned with mine, with the kind of this sort of philanthropic wanting to help more people. Because her business, again, had kind of almost exclusively been the top few percent within a business that had access to her psychology expertise and, and whatnot. So uh, tech was a, a very obvious solution for us at that time. So it's like, how can we combine the expertise that we've got and the expertise that we have around us with friends and colleagues and bring it all into one space and mm-hmm. try and create a, a, a slightly less used term in the Western world, but it's it's sort of more China are, are very up on a super app. Mm-hmm. And it's something that combines all of the best in class single use apps into one space mm-hmm. and delivers a, a unique personalized well-being experience for the employee. That, that was our ultimate goal. Uh, at the same time, we want the company to see the results and the benefits of giving their employees this yeah. unique well-being experience and that was the start of the journey really we started building a team we started exploring the space and using our contacts that we've had in the past and uh, a year and a half later we're we're, we're launched we're, we're with customers now and uh hopefully it's uh, the start of a big things to come it's really exciting and as you say life did change when we went um when we went into the pandemic and a lot of life went online I um I can actually remember I was 
in studying in Australia in 2018 um, and one of my modules was actually fully online out there and I remember that was the first time I'd ever been on Zoom and I remember not being able to use it at all like I I couldn't figure out how to get into a room or what I was doing and then where the recordings were Um, and then when you know I finished that module came back home a year and a half later the pandemic hit and Zoom became a huge thing I was like oh my goodness I can now use this but only because we'd been using it so much during the pandemic and I can't believe the comparison of how like, tech out able I was pre-pandemic to post when we were doing all like those Zoom quizzes. Yeah, yeah um, and it's now part and parcel, isn't it, of our life? It's just, it's the norm now, the new normal. Yeah, and if you're asking someone, oh, shall we have a meeting? It's, is it face-to-face or is it online? Like, there's always that question now, isn't there? Or, or an old school telephone call, which doesn't seem to happen <laughs> at all anymore. No, exactly. Um, and I think it's amazing that the aim of what you're doing is to try and help as many people as possible. I think as a nutritionist, it's something that I come up against too, because ultimately when you have a client meeting, you can only help one-to-one people. And it's about figuring out the the things that are at our fingertips, this technology that we have and how we can use it the best we can. So that's that was a reason that I got onto Instagram because I knew that I could reach more people and share more evidence-based messaging via that. And I think it's great that what you're doing is getting your messaging and all these experts out to more and more people. Yeah, it was uh, it was always kind of the, the, the big vision piece was always to, uh, I suppose, create a standard that's kind of recognized mm-hmm. and, a, and a measure of well-being for companies to kind of stick by and adhere to. But uh, it's, it's still, it's a funny one because there are some companies now that we talk to that are very turned off of tech, mm. which is why we're looking at what a hybrid model would look like because people mm-hmm. still want one-to-one. They still want human interaction. They still want to do sport and exercise and, and get the, the kind of social benefits from that. But there are also people that are now so used to tech or they're working remotely where they weren't before. So it, it's finding, a, again, a balance. I mean, yeah. I think everything we talk to will, will mm-hmm. keep coming back to how you find that perfect blend of, of everything. Mm-hmm. And, so, and tech and hybrid is, is kind of the, the other side of that. Absolutely. And that's amazing. So the, the app Vista is going to involve both the online and the in-person. Yeah, the, the, the immediate sell is, is more... Uh, this app is there for everyone within a business and we've priced it very competitively so that it's a no-brainer for companies to say, yes, I want to give it to the the person at the bottom and the person at the top and everyone in between. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't want it to just fall into pockets within a business. We want everyone within the business to be able to have access to the same expertise, the same knowledge, the same science, the same sort of understanding of themselves and the same journey. So, uh, that we, we've priced it there, but there will always be the opportunity to, whether you call it... Oh. Sorry, I, I've just taken John's mic off for a second as there is a fire alarm currently going off. Um, I'm sure he will let me know. Will you let me know once the fire alarm stops? There we go. <laughs> Not uh, a problem at all. Uh, Sorry, listeners, if that was really loud for your ears. It definitely wasn't mine. <laughs> It's woken everyone up. Let's, yes. let's say that. <laughs> Thursday morning, wake up. <laughs> Good. Uh, Luckily, it was just a test. Yes. Yeah, I don't have to run out of the building. Uh, I've forgotten where I was talking now. 
um, about how Vistra is going to be accessible for everyone across the whole business. Yeah, yeah. And, and like I said, there, there will always be an opportunity, whether you call it an upsell or an add-on or something like that, to, uh, to bring in some of the stuff that I, I was doing pre-pandemic with the physical exercise, mm-hmm. but also that Simone's done in the executive coaching and the personal development space as well. Uh, with regards to the hands-on, the human interaction mm-hmm. piece as well, because it's it's finding again finding the, the blend of both to meet a company's needs is important, and we have mm-hmm. to look at each company as its own entity. There will never be like a, a one method fix all. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not that easy. And obviously, it will be an investment for companies, and looking after an employees' well-being we know is important. But why, why is it important, John? What, what is everyone, what is the employees and the employers going to get out of looking after our well-being? Well, historically, well-being's been a nice to have, but not a must have, mm-hmm. I think. And there's been companies that have spent a lot of money on well-being, but maybe the culture's not right within the business. Uh-huh. So the, the spend that they've had hasn't returned them anything at all. Mm-hmm. You've got other companies that would love to be able to spend more, but just don't have the financial mm-hmm. backing to do so because it's not budgeted in the same way that other things are budgeted for. Uh, but kind of, again, historically, the, the one thing that I was always really confused by with companies was they do different initiatives and they'd be very kind of sporadic and fragmented mm-hmm. and they might be in line with an international day of X or yeah. an international day. And each one of them would be run in either a different department or a different place within the business. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't available to everyone and nothing was measured. Mm. And you can't judge the results of something if you have mm. no idea whether it was or wasn't a success and the different metrics that make that up. So I think companies will have historically always looked at wellness. Yeah. But if they've had the budget, I don't think there's ever been particularly good strategies in place. Mm. And I'm, I'm being very generic there with my yeah. response, but where it's never been compulsory and it still isn't, mm-hmm. but it's, way higher up the agenda now than it's ever been as a result of specifically mental health and, and the remote working and the pandemic. Yeah. But uh, we, we the obesity problem within the NHS, I mean, everything is related mm. and we spend so much time at work with our colleagues. Yeah. The employees have to take some responsibility for people's well-being and, and it shows in productivity numbers and everything else. Absolutely. And I think you said something really nice at the beginning there is that wellness used to be something that was, it was a nice thing to have, you know, it was like a nice offer. But I think the context is changing and it's people are recognising how necessary it is to look after our well-being. Um, and I think you also mentioned something which comes into what your app is, which is those numbers. And it's something that's really quite unique to you, which is your real-time data. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so the, the idea with the, the app that the employees get is that we know that we're being tracked all the time, right? Phones measure everything, wearables measure everything. So we know there's lots of data out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like I said before, there's very, very few wellness initiatives and programs yeah. and workshops have ever measured. So our kind of vision is if we can measure the engagement of people within the app, and anonymously pull that out and actually feed that data into a dashboard from an employer. So we can see whether 
departments are stressed. Mm-hmm. We'll never we never allow the employer to see an individual. Mm-hmm. So that that's sort of very the anonymity of a user because it's their their own journey, their unique journey, and their personal journey. But as a kind of overarching, if a company can see the real time state of their their staff from a well being perspective, yeah, then. You can make informed decisions and plan ahead as opposed to being reactive, which, again, has historically been the way. Mm-hmm. They, they try and jump on a, a fix when there's a problem as opposed to preventing the problem in the first place, which is what we all aim to achieve, isn't it, with everything we do? Absolutely, it is. And it's so important, that prevention and just looking after our health and well-being. Um, and I'm so excited about the app, John. It sounds fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us a bit about that. Um, coming up next, we're going to be chatting more about wellness and what it means to both of us a bit more personally within nutrition and sports, which I can't wait to get into with you. But I think first we're going to play a little song. So I'm going to play Between Us by Little Mix. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. All of the lights go down. Safe to say I'll stay. I will always stick around. And I will fix your ground. And if you're not, I'm your rock. I won't stop. You will never be in doubt. Like damn, we got history, shared every misery, lived every victory, yeah, we got synergy. If they hurt you, they hurting me, that's just the way it be. We walk through the fire, and as the flames got higher, it made us survivors, yeah, it made us fighters, fighters. So here's my vow.
listening to Amelia Fish, a registered associate nutritionist on The Reset on River Radio. You can find us across social media platforms at River Radio Live and on the website at river.radio. Today I am joined by John who is co-founder and COO at Vista, an app designed to redefine corporate well-being. So far we've spoken about John's journey in wellness and his venture, Vista, an app designed to support employees' well-being. I'm really excited about the upcoming part of the show where I'm going to be discussing with John more about well-being with a focus on nutrition, sports and media. If you have missed the show so far, do not worry. You can catch up this episode just after um, as it will be a podcast and can be found on all your main podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify and Google. And if you have any questions for us today, you can message us in on our Instagram at River Radio Live or email me directly at Amelia at River Radio. Now, John, I am so excited for this part of the show where we're going to really be uh, using our own personal perspectives to chat more about wellness, um, taking a specific focus on the areas where we've both worked in, um, I guess, sports and nutrition, but as well, technology, media, social media. Um, so maybe let's go back to what we were talking about earlier and what wellness meant to you. Okay. Uh, with regards to nutrition or, or wellness as an overarching? Maybe with regards to sports. With regards to sport, okay. Uh, well, wellness, I suppose, with regards to sport, I, I still am very much an athlete mm-hmm. and uh, I train probably too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's there's an imbalance, mm-hmm. but uh, I think wellness with regards to physical exercise is just moving. Mm-hmm. And I think the the more sedentary people are becoming in time that we have, the more important it is to just move. And that can be as simple. I, I found a, a new love of walking through yeah. the pandemic. I hate walking. Historically, I, if if I could run, ride, or drive there, I would do. But I'd never walk. Yeah. Uh, the saying in cycling where what is it why why stand when you can sit why whilst why why sit why you can when you can lie mm-hmm. uh and it was just something that doesn't and, and and that's kind of the simplest for me wellness is just moving yeah from a physical activity point of view you don't have to be you yeah. don't have to a bike you don't have to have any performance goals or measures at all you just have to move mm-hmm I completely agree and it's finding mm-hmm. that balance um, of things that you enjoy and that are um, fun for you. Um, 
Um, I'm just receiving a bit of feedback. I'm not sure if there's if we're having a connection problem. If we're having a connection. No. Can you hear me, John? I'm okay. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I can hear you. Fine. Perfect. Well, hopefully that's all okay, and hopefully our listeners can hear us perfectly too. Um, so I guess for me, like coming from a background of nutrition, um, I guess it, it includes very much the similar things to what you were saying, John, um, about having balance and finding things that you enjoy. Um, so nutrition wellness is, is including everything in your diet that you enjoy and that is safe to eat. Um, and how, how does nutrition wellness fit in with sports wellness, do you think? I've I've had a very interesting journey with food mm-hmm. and and uh, as an athlete I, I've never I've never considered myself a foodie so mm-hmm. food or anything that was high on my agenda yeah so it was very much a fuel so it was stripped back it was lean it was boring it was mm. just a purpose and as I've got older I've learned to enjoy food more. Uh, I've got a massive sweet tooth, so uh, I've always had to fight those urges and training has always allowed me to alleviate the guilt associated with mm. eating things that you know aren't good for you. Mm. Uh, but but uh, I suppose we keep using the word balance, but for me, uh, an 80-20 mm. kind of thumb has always worked very well for me. I don't yeah. want to stop eating the things that I enjoy eating. Absolutely. But got to draw a line and then counteract that with some physical exercise and you should have a nice balance so long as you know where you're the kind of the range that you should be in with regards yeah. to weight and what you want to look like aesthetically and and that's you being happy with yourself yeah well exactly and everyone has their own different individual goals what they would like to do and that is completely okay um I think you mentioned something interesting which is the 80 20 and for anyone who doesn't know what that means it's 80 percent of the time aiming to eat a balanced diet and 20 percent of the time aiming to eat you know including whatever you really want in your diet and I think for some people that can work really well it doesn't for everyone but I completely think um having that idea in your head is really good and knowing that it's okay to include all foods you don't need to have guilt um and you don't need to earn those foods it's it's about having that balance and including what you do enjoy whilst um meeting all of your nutritional needs and making sure that that diet is really nourishing I think one of my best piece of advice is to look at your overall diet and see how much variety is in that uh variety across the food groups and variety of colors too I like having a visual idea of what it's looking like and and variety there is that that's a really awesome word that we probably haven't used yeah that's true to play with the the kind of again the overarching wellness piece right Mm -hmm. it's being well isn't and, and, and thinking about your well-being isn't just focusing on physical activity or diet or mm-hmm. mental mental wellness. It's finding a combination of all and, and dipping in and out of all of them. And, and, and variety, your body loves variety, will adapt much better uh, if you're keeping it guessing all the time. 
Definitely. I definitely agree. And I think that nutrition and sports, as we said so many times, they really do overlap. But coming back to actually something that we spoke about at the beginning, John, which was meditation and breathing. Um, And there was a really interesting study. I don't know if you've heard of it, the SMILES trial. Uh, I've I've heard of it. I don't know. You'll probably know a lot more about it than than I do. Well, it's just a really interesting one that looks at um, people who have symptoms like IBS. So they have bloating and things like that. And looking at the low FODMAP diet or a diet very similar to the low FODMAP um, and yoga. And it actually shows that 80% of participants in both groups had reduced severity of their symptoms which shows looking both at dietary and at uh, physical activity and moving our bodies and, you know, taking a rest. Both of them have very similar effects on our overall well-being. So maybe including a bit of both might be really supportive for us. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I had a, uh, a stomach ulcer burst in 2012. Wow. And... Uh, Fortunately, I was with other people and I got to hospital and I'm, I'm still here now to talk about it. But I've had uh, lots and lots of sort of stomach-related problems as a result of the, the surgery that I had and the, bols- the burst ulcer. Mm. And, and I contributed sort of exercise and my lifestyle to the speed at which I was back to yeah. normal compared to kind of other people. And, and, uh, and I, I've been diagnosed with kind of an extreme case of IBS mm-hmm. as a result of the damage caused, but again, I, I, I eat well, I train mm-hmm. hard, I keep myself fit and healthy, and IBS isn't that big a deal. It's just it's it's, and I contribute that to my lifestyle, and and uh, and there's a lot to be said in that, isn't there? Just combining everything and. And becoming in tune with your body um, because IBS does look different on everyone. So it's about figuring out with a healthcare professional what does and does not trigger your symptoms and then working out what you can include in your diet. Um, And I think that's great. And as you say, like making sure that we're in the best health possible by having that balance, by including variety can really help support our overall health and well-being. And and in in line with what you just said, one of the things that you do instinctively when you're training for something, right? You're training for your half marathon yeah. and every session you do is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. It might be time, it might be different in distance, it might be different in structure, but it's always different. Mm-hmm. And you experiment with things that do and don't work with you. And you do as a nutritionist, you'll encourage experimentation, keeping food diaries, understanding what does and doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Again, it's, it's, it, it comes back to variety, it comes back to finding a balance, it comes back to finding what works for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I've never, ever been one to promote, endorse or encourage any specific nutrition plan or training plan or never talk bad about another coach mm-hmm. or anything like that because everyone will have their own way of doing something and everyone will know what works for them or take someone's advice over someone and it, it's 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 fascinating it all fascinates me everything fascinates me like that experimentally yeah and that it comes down to in uh, the importance of individualized and personalized nutrition and sports um which 
I think we're both trying to make more accessible to all by being on these platforms like social media and as for you, your app. Um, but also across these areas, I think it's important to address that there can be misinformation out there. Um, and there are lots of um, different myths and misconceptions. I definitely know across nutrition well-being um, and I'm guessing across sports too that we see quite often. Um, I quite often see like universal advice to, and I put this in like little hyphens I think um to boost your immune system like have this and it will boost your immune system and we cannot boost our immune system there are certain dietary patterns that can support the healthy functioning of our immune system which can reduce our risk of getting ill but we cannot boost it and we cannot treat an illness and we cannot prevent an illness we can just reduce our risk um and by by including balance and variety and it sounds so simple by saying things like balance and variety and not uh, just including a specific food. It's not as glamorous as that, but I think uh, all of these myths, if they do sound really good and like a quick fix, it's quite unlikely to be true. Have you experienced this kind of thing within like sports wellbeing across uh, media platforms? I mean, there's the, the supplement market. Yeah. Is, and, and they all make huge claims all the time mm-hmm. to... Uh, different things and the the kind of the you know the the half and half screen that you get on Instagram where you'll see what someone was and yes. three weeks later there's something else and oh yes know, I have seen that it's been Photoshop whether the time period is three weeks or three years uh, it, it's there, there's so much out there and we all live in a world now where we want everything yesterday and unfortunately nutrition wellness being fitter being healthier. All, all takes time and is, is a lifestyle change that you need to be doing every day, all day. It's not something that you can do for three weeks and then mm-hmm. you're fit. Uh, and that's so, yes. the importance of making these sustainable changes that we're going to be able to implement in the long term. Yes, 100%. There is, there is no quick fix to anything. And if there is, then there's normally a catch somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so... I guess we're coming towards the end of the show, John. It's been so great to chat with you all about your experience and journey within well-being, and also your app and new venture Vista. Um, I'm going to ask you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you maybe summarise some of the advice that you have regarding wellness and especially corporate wellness? I think that again, I'll summarise like I did before. Wellness is is everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not one thing. So, if uh, from a corporate perspective, if a company really wants to to correct, improve, even begin a journey of wellness for their employees, then they need to look at total well-being, which mm-hmm. is for us as an app, we call it uh, social, mental, and physical well-being. And it's it's how you overlay all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of the perfect blend of asking someone the right question so that the journey is personal to them yeah. and giving them science-based yeah. whether it be exercises or programs to follow or, or things to do that they can actually believe in. There's, there's nothing faddy. This is something we, we want and need the app to become something that's a, a, a habit almost i mean Absolutely. we're asking about we talk a lot about habit creation with within the app mm-hmm. but we need the app to be a habit that someone adopts and encourage companies encouraging the app to be adopted by the employees to really 
see the long-term benefits. It isn't a quick fix. We, we need this to kind of be integral within a company and be part of their culture and to be something that they believe in and they promote the use of to really allow everyone to see the benefits long-term, not, not short-term. Definitely. And I think part of your app as well is that you're bringing on lots of different experts across lots of different areas. What kind of areas are you bringing people in on? Uh, we've got behavioural science, we've got psychology, we've got medicine, we've got nutrition, uh, we've got uh, sports professionals, and, and that will just keep growing. I mean, there, there's there's so many things that affect a person's well-being. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the, eventually, kind of as we grow, the, the team of experts will build and build, and hopefully we, we will be able to offer a completely unique, personalised well-being experience that does factor everything in that is a contributing factor it's super exciting and where can people find out more about the app john uh, our website is vistawellbeing.io mm-hmm. uh, we're on instagram as everyone is nowadays <laughs> and uh, that's probably the best place to go right now is, is through our website and, and they can contact us through our website if they've got any questions or inquiries and, and go from there fabulous thank you john and we're now at that point of the show where we're going to come back with a pop quiz from those statements that i said at the beginning so are you ready okay <laughs> so our first statement was wellness considers aspects of mental physical and social well-being 100 percent fact 100 percent fact love it our second statement was we can help promote employee well-being through personal and professional development yes Definitely. Um, Number three was there are many different elements we can consider advocating for when supporting people's well-being. Yes, fact again. What kind of element? It's... What's the right way of putting it? I mean... I've put you on the spot, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, it comes back to the first one, doesn't it? There, there's there's so mm. many elements of it. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's promoting a, a bit of everything. The things that are mentioned there, nutrition, sport, technology, mm. psychology, they're all con- sort of contributing factors. Yeah. There's lots of experts in all of those spaces. It's choosing the right ones that work for you, finding the balance across everything and, and, and finding a blend that works for works for yourself. But yeah. it, I consider that a fact, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, there's so many different areas and maybe not all of them are right for you to focus on right now. Maybe just one or two for now and then maybe three or four later on and different ones and then you drop some and you just, you know, go with the flow and listen to your body and what it's needing at that moment. Yeah. And how about our final one, which is media or social and or social media only ever has a negative effect on our mental health and well-being? I'd say that one's a myth. I would, I would agree. And why would you, why would you think that day? Because there's a lot of good stuff out there, and and you can look at yourself as a, as a good example of, of good stuff that is out there, and, Thanks, and people John. that are, have trained and have huge amounts of expertise and knowledge mm-hmm. that they share with people and, and are putting it out there. But at the same time, there's a lot of people who are out to make a quick buck, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll put stuff up there that isn't true. And again, it's, it's filtering through that stuff. You, you, you might try one thing cause it looks amazing and it not work, mm-hmm. but uh, doing a bit of due diligence on the people that you follow on social media never hurts if it's advice that you're looking for. Absolutely. I completely agree. And that's the thing. It's just being aware about what kind of information is out there and 
is who you're following having a positive impact on your health like I I quite often would go through the people that I follow on social media and think is this making me feel good about myself or are they kind of bringing me down and if they're bringing me down I can just unfollow them like you have the power to make that change 100% well John it's been fantastic chatting with you today I can't believe we're at the end of the show that hour's gone really fast. <laughs> really fast. Thank you so much for joining me on The Reset today. It's been great chatting with you all about your journey in wellness um, today. Uh, you can find John and Vista, um, the app, at their website, which is vistawellbeing.io and on Instagram too. What was your Instagram name, John? Vista underscore wellbeing. Perfect. Definitely go check it out. Um, Today you have been listening to River Radio. And if you missed today's live show or you want to listen again, you can find The Reset on the website, river.radio, or on most podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, and Google. I'll be back the same time next week with another show. But until then, do keep listening to River Radio. Um, Coming up next will be Stage Door. Enjoy that show and I'll see you then. And I'm just going to finish off with... With a lovely song called Home by Edith Whiskers.
up to meet you Static on the phone Normally I need you This time I don't wanna go Lately I've been growing Into someone you don't know You had the chance to love her But apparently you don't No, you don't So even if I could Would it go back where we started 